Experts are now starting to sound the alarms about Donald Trump's plans to invoke the Insurrection Act should he retake the White House in 2024. Now, this is not some far off thought that Donald Trump just randomly suggested one time and then let it die. Invoking the Insurrection Act is in fact something that Donald Trump has openly spoken about so that he can allegedly crack down on those crime dens, as he called them, which of course are liberal controlled cities. Earlier this year, in a speech in Iowa, Donald Trump said, quote, the next time I'm not waiting. One of the things I did was let them run it and we're going to show how bad a job they do. Well, we did that. We don't have to wait any longer. So he's not talking about invoking the insurrection act to go and just shut down, you know, protests or riots or even to crack down on crime. He literally in that sentence, in that, in that statement I just read to you was talking about invoking the insurrection act to just take over liberal cities because they're so filled with crime. Like we were letting them run it and crime got bad. So let's just send in the military to go ahead and do that. And the reason, as I said, legal experts and, you know, just human beings are, are terrified about this is because invoking the insurrection act would essentially have no guardrails whatsoever. It's not reviewable by the courts. It does not take approval from Congress and Congress cannot put an end to it. The only check that presidents in the past have had on whether or not they want to invoke the insurrection act is the threat of reelection and how that would play out for them. Well, a term limited Donald Trump serving his second term in office wouldn't worry about that. So there's, there's no safety rails here. If Donald Trump gets back into the white house and says, I want to invoke the insurrection act, he can do it. And not a person in this country can stop him from doing that. Like I want that to sink in folks. Okay. Again, not hyperbole. We're not overstating the problem. He has openly spoken about wanting to do that. He said, we're not going to wait. And there's nothing we could do to stop him. If he wants to do that, I don't know if you needed another reason to make sure that Donald Trump never gets back into the white house or not, but now you have it. This is a very serious issue. And again, it has nothing to do with crime in blue cities and blue states. If this was actually about crime, Donald Trump would also be saying, and you know what? We're going to send the military down to Jacksonville. We're going to send them to Miami. We're going to send them to all these red states down here in the American South where the crime rate is actually worse than it is in blue states. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time, by the way, looking up crime statistics state by state. Yeah. Red states specifically down here in the American South are far worse than what's happening in blue states. In fact, the most crime ridden cities here in the United States happen to be in red states. It's not Chicago. It's not New York city. It's not LA or San Francisco. It's down here where I live in the South Republican controlled for decades. And those are the places with the most serious crime rates here in the United States. So this is what Trump wants to do. There's no safety net. We cannot stop it. And if he invokes the insurrection act, he does have the unilateral authority to send the military tanks, planes, whatever he wants 
into American cities and effectively take over. And that is something that he has made it clear he's considering doing if he wins the election next year. Well, folks, Marjorie Taylor Greene's new book, MTG, uh, was released a week ago today. So it has officially been out for a week. So let's check and see how it's doing. Well, we actually don't need to because plenty of reports came out on Monday telling us that her book is already considered a complete and total flop. On Amazon, it is struggling to break into the top 10,000 of book sales for all books, not just political, but all books. Uh, She ranked on Monday morning at 9,735. So she broke into the top 10,000, but just barely squeaking by right there. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's book, not selling too well. And when you narrow the categories down a little bit and get into the actual political books, she's only 27th. So can't even crack the top 25, certainly can't crack the top 10. But the real question is, right, obviously some people are buying it. Her supporters are buying it. So what did they think about Marjorie Taylor Greene's book? Well, let's read some of the reviews from her supporters. Here's one that says, I was a huge supporter of MTG and voted for her two times, but this book is garbage. (laughs) Then gave her one out of five stars. The only thing in this book that is truthful is her name. Was going to buy it for family for Christmas, but glad I read it first. Another one said, I saw my neighbor throwing this book into the trash and ask him if I could read it first. Boy, what a boring mistake. (laughs) This book is far from any reality and full of imaginations. Don't waste your time. Another one says, America first? Printed in Canada, filled with lies. So, okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene's book is not doing that well. And here's the thing, like we have no way of knowing if these people actually do live in her district, if they are her supporters, or if it's just, you know, clever left-wing trolls getting on there trying to tank her review. But we do know that overall, the book has a review on Amazon of two out of five stars. So what does this mean, right? I mean, this isn't just let's laugh at her. Here's what this means. And this is actually a really good sign, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene, like it or not, she is a household name. You can talk to people who are not political, mention the name Marjorie Taylor Greene. They know exactly who you're talking about. She has become a household name. But popularity, people knowing who you are, doesn't mean they like you. Doesn't mean that they want to know who you are. They just do because of circumstances. So yes, that makes you popular, but it doesn't make you liked. But most importantly, it doesn't mean that you are respected. And that's something that gets lost in the, you know, conservative mindset out there. They don't care if they're well-known for being smart or well, well, none of them are well-known for that. Let's be real. Or if they're well-known for being crazy and outrageous and saying the most outlandish things possible, they just want everybody to know who they are, but they never once stop to consider whether or not they're being respected. Do people know you because you're the crazy conspiracy theory spewing member of Congress from Georgia? Or do people know you because you're the lawmaker who comes out there with these great, big, grand ideas on how to make the country better? 
Conservatives don't care why they're known. They just want to be known. And that's the problem. They have no ideas. They have no clue how to run this country. They don't even know what they're doing in Congress. We have seen that on full display this year. They just want to be popular. They just want to be these household names. And it goes for all of them, whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or Lauren Boebert or Jim Jordan or Louie Gohmert or Ted Cruz for that matter. All of these people are well-known, but they're not known for their ideas. They're known for their crazy antics. And as Marjorie Taylor Greene learned in the last seven days, that does not translate to book sales. A new report came out in the Daily Beast this week talking about Matt Gates's increasing problems in the House of Representatives, and they're actually much worse than anybody had previously thought. Not only does the Daily Beast suggest that the investigation with the House Ethics Committee, being run by Republicans, by the way, into Matt Gates, uh, is getting bigger and broader, but Matt Gates also appears to be universally hated, not just in the halls of Congress, but apparently also back home in his state of Florida. So there's a lot to unpack in everything I just said. So let's start at the beginning. Matt Gates in Congress, right? According to the report, you've got tons of Republicans in the House of Representatives that are still led by Kevin McCarthy, just pissed off that Matt Gates caused all of this drama this year for apparently no other reason than Matt Gates loves to cause drama. So you now have all these Republican members of Congress that just loathe Matt Gates. Here's a couple of quotes from the Daily Beast piece. <clears throat> The first one is there aren't a lot of people who, you know, are going to go out of their way to defend Matt Gates. I mean, he's a pretty diabolical character. Now that lawmaker was not named, but we do have a quote from Republican representative Don Bacon of Nebraska, who said the anger is pretty well with him. I, I just think there will be long memories because he did serious damage to our house conference recently. Going on to the second point, during an interview with Fox News, Kevin McCarthy actually suggested that the investigation into Matt Gates has, has grown and gotten broader. He said, quote, once that ethics complaint comes forward, he could have the same problem as Santos, and I think the conference would probably be better united to move forward and get this all done. And he said that the party won't heal if there's no consequences for his actions. So he goes on to say that the investigation is broad and specifically one of the things the house ethics committee is looking into is whether or not Matt Gates was sitting there, you know, showing off photos of women that he had relations with to fellow colleagues in the house. You know, is he just showing like, Hey, look, here's a picture of this nice woman. This is her Facebook profile. Or was he showing pictures from the act? Was he showing lewd photographs of these women? I don't know. But the committee apparently heard from enough members that Gates was showing some pictures that now it's a thing and it's apparently a pretty big part of that investigation. So could this lead to a Santos-like situation where Matt Gates, after a damning ethics report comes out, they vote to expel him? That seems a little far-fetched to me, right? 
I mean, after all, Matt Gates did survive that Department of Justice investigation. They didn't bring any charges against him. Unlike, of course, Santos, who is facing criminal charges. So just a bad Apple report from the House Ethics Committee. I don't think that's going to be enough to get enough members to vote to kick Matt Gates out of Congress, even if they are still mad about what he did to Kevin McCarthy. So I don't think that Matt Gates is going to end up losing his seat just because everybody's pissed at him and this investigation could show that he's a scumbag. You're unfortunately allowed to be a scumbag. It's when it crosses that line into criminal activity that you have a problem and the DOJ apparently didn't see enough there, apparently. Uh, so, you know, I don't think he's going to get kicked out, but even if he doesn't, he's got a problem because Matt Gates has of course been rumored to be one of the people that might be running for governor here in the state of Florida, since Ron DeSantis will be term limited. He's got three years left, but Gates, it has been rumored is the person that thinks he can take over the state next. And if that is the case, then Matt Gates may want to look at the polls because, uh, The polls show that a new poll from Florida Atlantic University found that statewide, not in his deep red district here, but statewide, Gates only had a 21% approval rating with 57% of voters disapproving of him. Notably, Gates was polarizing even in his own party, breaking almost exactly even among GOP voters. So it's about a 50-50 split, even among Republicans about whether or not they like Matt Gates. So you add all of these things together. He's hated in Florida. He's hated in Congress. They've got that investigation. These things together don't look like, you know, the makings of a very long political career. I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past, but it's all shaping up to be a perfect storm that hopefully could end up leading to Matt Gates being nothing more than another Fox news host who happened to serve in Congress for a couple of years. That would be the most likely path. After all, Matt Gates does love the spotlight. He sure loves to see, uh, sure seems to love those cameras. So I imagine that leaving Congress would actually benefit him so that he could go on and become the TV star that he so clearly wants to be. Donald Trump, as we know, is facing 91 different felony counts from four different criminal investigations. You've got the January 6th one in Washington, D.C. We got the Georgia trial. We got the one happening in Florida with the documents. And of course, the Manhattan trial, not the fraud trial, but the Stormy Daniels payoff trial. And as if 91 isn't already a very high number in terms of number of indictments against you, he could in the very near future, be looking at even more criminal charges from possibly as many as four new venues. According to a new report, there are four states that have active investigations into the fake elector scheme that of course was cooked up by Donald Trump's legal team led by John Eastman. So what does this mean for Donald Trump? Well, It means that in the states of Nevada, New Mexico, Michigan, and Arizona, there is a chance, maybe it's a slim chance, maybe it's a very large chance that Donald Trump and his legal team, including Eastman, possibly Giuliani, get roped in and hit with 
indictments. Let me read you this. One such investigation has already been confirmed. Nevada Attorney General Aaron Ford is investigating six activists who met and signed false paperwork saying they were the state's true electors. Former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani may find himself implicated in another ongoing investigation in Arizona where he spearheaded the effort to convince state officials to use the Trump loyal alternate electors. In Michigan, 16 people have already been charged for falsely stating that they were the state's duly elected and qualified electors, according to the state's attorney general's office. The state attorney general's office in New Mexico also confirmed to the Hill that it was investigating a slate of Trump loyal alternate electors. So obviously the people who signed on as the fake electors submitted those documents to the state saying we're the duly elected ones that would be considered according to the charges and, you know, state laws. I don't know the exact terminology, but mostly you're looking at fraud, fraud against the state government, uh, defrauding the voters of their right to vote by basically throwing their votes away and saying only the Republican votes count. So you could be looking at multiple different criminal charges for all of these people. And the question is obviously, where does Donald Trump come into the mix? Well, I refuse to believe that there was just some kind of wild and wacky coincidence that all of these random Trump loyalists and all of these different States all over the country, like formed their own little groups and all came up with the same idea. What if we just say we're the electors, right? I mean, as this report says, obviously we know Giuliani was heavily involved and actually helped assemble some of these people. So why did Giuliani do that? Was he just going rogue? Or did he do it as part of his employment as Donald Trump's lawyer? Did he do it at Trump's request? That's what remains to be seen. You know, I'm sure people are currently drawing conclusions as you're watching this saying, fair and of course, Trump told them to do this. Well, can you prove it in court right now with what you've got in front of you? No, not yet. And because of that, Donald Trump has not yet been indicted. But these investigations are ongoing. And for the record, there are other states that are currently considering launching investigations. Three other states, by the way. So right now there's four, could be as many as seven. So who knows? That 91 that Donald Trump is facing in terms of the felony charges against him could easily top 100 by the time all of these state level investigations are concluded. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.